Welcome to another YFE Chat Live. Tonight's episode is all about crowdfunding. It's one of our popular topics, the most popular topics over here on uh, youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. So let's go ahead and get started. Tonight's guest is uh, <laughs> is Yulia with uh, funddreamer.org. I'm so excited to talk to her because she, along with um, the Fund Dreamer team fund people, uh, and it's a nonprofit organization. So it's like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but it has a nonprofit um, background. We're going to hear more about the story of why they decide to do that and all that fun stuff. But we're also going to hear tips on how to actually do a crowdfunding campaign and raise the amount of money you need to kickstart a or to get off the ground, I should say, a uh, an idea, a product, a business, etc. So tonight's episode is 113. I'm your host Jennifer Dono. Make sure that you tweet your takeaways using the hashtag YFE chat. You can also tweet me using um, the Twitter handle at uh, Jennifer Dono. So tonight's episode is brought to you by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to send email newsletters. It's the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. Don't forget to sign up at, uh, our mailing for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it. Um, MailChimp is such a fantastic sponsor. Thank you so much to them. Um, so let's go ahead and get started and bring Yulia on. Yulia, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me here tonight. So tell us a little bit, oh, I'm on this camera. Tell us a little bit more about FunDreamer.org. Like I mentioned, it's a nonprofit as a crowdfunding platform, which is, is a, was a little surprising to me as far as um, crowdfunding goes, because you just don't see that. Like I said, there's a, a number of platforms available to us. What was the background uh, behind why you decided to go that way? So we decided to take FunDreamer in a social enterprise direction because we're interested in funding women in diversity groups. Um, Ellie and I started FunDreamer and we're both women and Raj, our partner, is Indian, so he's diversity groups. And we're really interested to getting funding across to the people that really need it, which is women and minorities and diversity groups because they're the ones that don't have access to the funds. Um, and we wanna create education and we're not doing this for a profit. We're just taking the 1% to cover our operational costs and we wanna just even out the plateau and make the playing field for new innovations a little bit easier and a little bit more even. Only 4%, under 5% actually, of women get VC funding and um, we want to we increase the numbers. Well, so tell us what the difference is there because FunDreamer, uh, what did excite me was that 1% takeoff. And I'm as someone that's interested in, um, I always watch Shark Tank, which I know a lot of young female entrepreneurs do. And that's a big deal, you know, the, the expense that uh, comes along with doing business. And so with FunDreamer being 1%, what is the equivalent um, takeaway for if you were to go to Kickstarter.com or Indiegogo or one of those other platforms? So if you go to, uh, for example, Kickstarter, it's 5%. Indiegogo. 5%? 5%. And, oh my gosh, I had and, no idea it was that yeah. high. <laughs> and Fundly is also 5%, but the numbers get smaller the higher you go. So basically, if you reach over um, you know, $100,000, the fees get smaller. They get to like 3% and 2%. They don't get down to 1%. We're still very, very small in relationship to the fees. And I think Indiegogo is 4%, and Pledge Music is a whooping 15%. So that's a lot of fees that come out of your crowdfunding uh, revenue. And then plus you have to add the additional 3% crowdfunding fee, which we actually also charge too, but um, that's to cover the credit card transaction costs. So when you have something like Pledge Music and you, it's already 15%, you add 3% to it, that's already like 18%. 
Oh, and oh it can be even 5%. It's already 20% is taking out of your budget. And even with Kickstarter, it's already 8%. And for a lot of companies, you know, they have such a hard time raising the money and they want to keep most of it. And it's a really big chunk to just kind of give away. And we want to help people, help entrepreneurs keep most, more of their money and help make their dreams come true. So let's go ahead and clarify exactly what crowdfunding is, because I know that is something that's a little bit confusing as far as, especially when you're talking about entrepreneurship and you're starting a business or you're launching a product and you're crowdfunding for it, because there's two different types of crowdfunding here, right? So can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly crowdfunding is? Um, crowdfunding is very general, actually. There are a lot of different categories. You can crowdfund pretty much anything. Uh, we have a little video on our website that is educational, and you can crowdfund um, anything from a pony to a creative project to I, first bill. I watched the video and it said, I think the first thing that pops up is pony. Pony. <laughs> it's, it's anything anything that you have a dream for. So um, Indiegogo lets you crowdfund anything. So we do the same thing, but our focus is on tech and women entrepreneurs. So those are the projects that we're really interested in. But um, for example, we had um, a friend that had cancer and she's been really sick and we kind of surprised her by doing a crowdfunding campaign for her uh, on her birthday because she couldn't cover her medical bills and we raised about $5,000 in three days for her. And uh, it's doing little efforts like that, just being able to help people out because when you can do it, why not? Well, and you know it's What's interesting, you're talking about uh, the different ways that you can use crowdfunding. I felt like at the very beginning of this, when I when I thought, oh, I really want to talk more about, get more in depth on the whole crowdfunding topic, because I actually heard someone speak on it recently that was uh, a crowdfunding platform that's that works specifically specifically within the vertical of um, uh, publishers, book publishers. Mm-hmm. And so their yep. site was all about uh, fundraising for people that wanted to get a book out there, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but along with that line, I just wanted to make sure that we clarify, like you were said, you can crowdfund anything, a pony or whatever it is. But if you feel like you don't need money right now and you're watching this, you never know a year from now. Maybe you want to write your own book. You want to mm-hmm. write a book, but a publisher is, you know, it's hard to come by a publisher nowadays. You can actually go out there and crowdfund. I didn't even think about this. For the design cost of putting together yep. a book, you can get everything started before you even start writing the book. So, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can uh, raise money. So I just want to make sure that we talk about that so that people know if you're in a service-based business, there still might be the possibility that you need to use a site like Fundreamer in the near future. Uh, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and I wanted to ask you, so are there any examples of people that have been successful on your site that we can talk about? Uh, We just had Ecopod launch, which is a really innovative product from Israel, and they did a small campaign, and they were successful. And Ecopod is urban agriculture using um, hydrophonics, so it doesn't use any water or soil. It just uses minerals, so you can grow food anywhere, especially in desert climates like, like Israel or Africa which makes food production and it kind of alleviates, it kind of solves world hunger. So to me, that's really interesting because I'm all about improving humanity and quality of life. So um, they were funded and we're helping them. They're actually one of the products that we're incubating because along with being a crowdfunding platform, of course, we also have an incubator and I'm actually calling you from the incubator. And um, this is a place where you can actually launch a product on our site through Fundreamer, raise the funds, and then if it's a if it's an interesting enough product, it's kind of like Shark Tank. We have investors that are really interested in tech, 
So we can take your product, we can incubate it, we can launch the MVP, which is minimal viable product, and we can connect you to investors. So that's another thing that Kickstarter does not do. We actually help you launch your product, we help you crowd, uh, crowd fund it, and then we can actually offer you um, financial structure, we can offer you strategy, we can offer um, financial modeling. So we have a whole team in place. We have coders. So we're well, really interested. I saw that on your yeah. website where you talk about how you can actually uh, help with social media and getting the word out and that type of a thing, which I know is definitely, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, how you can actually get the word out that, hey, we need money in the first place. Uh, so I wanted to go into the whole pros and cons of doing the crowdfunding uh, way because, I mean, there's a number of ways we can go about getting money, right? We can go to friends and family and ask for money and give them a piece of the business. We could get a loan from them. We could do uh, crowdfunding as far as giving pieces like the, like I said earlier, doing uh, it in, in exchange for equity. So why would I want to go to people and, and like at the Stacey Harris was saying on the chat, she thinks that Natalie Sasan, um, I think he's pronounced her name, Sasan, uh, she crowdfunded her book, The Suitcase Entrepreneur. So what she did was that she gave away, um, in exchange for donations, she gave away certain rewards that were for like her loyal fans when they pre-ordered the book. So uh, why, what are, what are the pros and cons around crowdfunding? Well, crowding is a really great PR effort. A lot of people sometimes think of crowdfunding as just logging into Facebook and Twitter and just posting and people will give you money. And it doesn't really work like that. It's really a PR effort that is planned um, six months ahead, preferably, two to six months ahead. And I will go into that a little bit later yeah. in the interview. And um, so it's crowdfunding is great for a PR effort and to create a buzz. And it's also a really great way to test your product because I think the internet will really let you know if your product is great or not. So if you have a million people coming to you to purchase your product, you know it's great. So it's really great for product testing. It's really great for PR. It's really great to have a fan base. You're developing a fan base and you're not using your own money to do it. So you won't be in the hole. You're not taking out loans. Um, there's no interest fees. And uh, you build a team of ambassadors and influencers which will be there with you through your whole entire product lifeline. If you're launching a product, be it a book, be it an ecopod, be it anything. And um, it gives you free promotion. It connects you to the world. Very nice. Now, as far as setting up those rewards, then, uh, how should? what are some good tips as far as saying if you're going to donate $5, you get this. If you donate $50, you get that. What are, what are the best practices when it comes to setting that up? I think for setting up the rewards, it really depends on you. Um, I like to have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> so... For me, um, it's literally anything. You want to try to make it as digital as possible. You want to try to minimize your shipping costs. So if it's anything that you can download or print out or anything social, um, because you want to keep your shipping costs down. Because in the end, you have to really figure in your shipping costs. And I'll go into that later as well. Um, because a lot of people launch a $10,000 campaign, but they're not realizing it'll take about 2000 bucks to ship everything out in the end. So um, it's a little bit of that. But um, let me see. Um, every campaign has a different style of a reward system. We just launched a campaign for um, a girl who's running to be, um, I think, Miss Teen USA. And since she's LA-based, she's actually a really great tennis coach, and she's giving away private tennis lessons, which is really fun. So she's using her skills. Oh, cool. And um, so it's really fun. You know, like, you have a girl who's running for Teen USA, and she'll teach you how to play tennis. It's kind of amazing. 
And uh, but it, it depends. It depends. Um, it's great for books, you know, autograph books. Just make it personal and really give them a piece of your product. That is the biggest advice that I can give you. Figure out your product and figure out how you can give the biggest piece of it to your to your supporters because they want to be a part of it. That's the only reason that the, that they're supporting you. They want to be part of it. I think that's a great takeaway as far as that goes because you talked about uh, figuring out or crowdfunding basically in a different sense in that you're getting you're getting the word out before you put the product out and you can get people's um, reactions before the actual product is there in physical form, which I think is a really exciting idea, even apart from just making sure that you have the funds available to actually create the product. Now, as far as getting people to find out about your campaign in the first place, this is one of the most stressful things. And as youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, I get probably like 15 emails, no joke, every day about people launching a crowdfunding campaign saying, can you promote this? Can you talk about it? And so I know that people, I mean, once you get that out there, you have a certain amount of days, right? And you're just like, I need to get people to find out about it. I need people to donate. So how do you get people to find out about your campaign when there are 15 other people out there doing the same thing you're doing? Um, That's a great question. I think before you launch your product, you really want to take it around to your friends, to even strangers and test it. Test it, test it, test it, listen to what everybody say. Um, of course, you can't take every piece of advice, but really make your product the best that it can be before you launch a Kickstarter. So there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of um, tweaks. And then once that product is complete, um, what we do with FunDreamer is actually we offer social media amplification because right now we're small and we're able to do it. And we do that using uh, targeted Google ads and Facebook ads, which obviously Kickstarter doesn't do. You'll be, um, you'll be lucky if you get included in, your, in their newsletter if your project takes off. But uh, with everyone's campaign, it's, it's really hard to gain exposure, and we offer it through Google ads and Facebook ads. And then... Um, you know, that's a great point as mm-hmm. far as so you do you run Google ads and Facebook ads on behalf of the of the person that's running the campaign. Yep, we do. And we're going to make that a premium service uh, moving forward. But right now, since we're starting out, we're offering it for free. It makes sense because it's mutually beneficial, right? People yeah. find out about the campaign. They find about, out about Fundreamer. If the campaign does well, you've gotten your 1% operating fees. So that's yeah. awesome. I love it when companies do things like that. Right, and we have a few other things that we're working on, which is um, just suggesting that people write personal emails. Because even if you post on social media, a lot of people are not checking social media, and they might miss your post. So I can't emphasize how great it is to write old school emails to everyone in your network announcing your project. And it's really good to start um, to have a little kickoff party the day before you launch your Kickstarter with your friends. So they can tweet, they can Instagram, they can create a buzz. Because all you want to do is create pre-hype. You want to create a buzz and you want to get people excited and you want to have people tweeting for you and social media for you and Facebooking. And the most important thing to get more hits is to create a 30-day posting schedule in Hootsuite. So you have to make sure your content is different pretty much every day. And if it's going to... If you set up a 30-day campaign, you really want to try to get all your funding in 10 days. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be fast and furious, basically. So you have to you know, prepare for it like an athlete. And setting up a social media schedule allows you to be able to really see your message so every day you're not posting things like, oh, give me money, I'm doing a campaign, fund me. Because that's really boring. Nobody wants to see that for 30 days. So you have to find a creative way to engage people and create a buzz and list all the press that you're getting, which is something I'm going to go into. But um, you have to keep your audience excited and you have to get them to believe in your product and get them to fall in love with you. That's all it is. Um, 
And don't let your campaign go longer than 30 days because you have a limited amount of time to get that money. Well, let's That's talk the about- most important thing. Treat it as a brand. It's a brand you're connecting with people. Sorry, go ahead. Well, let's talk about the type of person that's actually going to to contribute into a campaign because this is something that I'm like, who, who a year you know before the product actually comes out, someone's invented something really cool and they say, let's fund it so it actually comes out. I want the product right now. I, why am I going to give you $1,000 today in order to get it a year from now? So what kind of a person contributes to a campaign? Do they have to be a loyal fan? Do they have to be someone that's very interested in the product? Where do you see that? I think people fall into passion project people. And again, it's storytelling. I come from an advertising background. I spent about 11 years in advertising. Then I spent the last three years um, in startup world. And again, it comes to telling stories. It's, it's again, building a brand. And you want to touch people on an emotional level right here. So if you can create an emotional story and be honest and be passionate and um, influence people, that's what you want to be doing. Because people love causes and people always want to support people who are doing amazing things. And um, passion, passion creates everything. So, you know, if you have passion, it shows. Well, and Stacy brings up an interesting point in the chat as far as uh, these larger projects that are being crowdfunded. So we see things in the media all the time because this is the one thing that I, I worried about when I saw sites, uh, niche sites like yourselves or um, like I was saying earlier, the one that focuses on uh, on authors is that it's not a very well-known site um, as far as you know, crowdfunding in the first place is kind of like, what? What is that? How do I do it? And then when you're looking at these smaller sites, is it trustworthy, that kind of a thing? Are people going to give their money when they're not sure of where it's going to? So has these larger campaigns, like Cece mentioned Veronica Mars or the um, the follow-up, what's that guy's name? Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Uh, yeah. Has that helped crowdfunding in sites like yours? That's a good question. Um I think it has because it appeals to a fan base that already exists because people want that. And if they can't have it, the world is going to figure out a way to make it happen. You know, they love Veronica Mars. So that was only powerful because she could activate her fan base. Um, I think I think it has helped. I would say it has. But again, um, with Fundreamer, we're brand new, so nobody really knows about us. So we're trying to get the word out. And... Um, one more thing that I was going to say is it's more than just creative projects. And crowdfunding, I think, is just starting to take off. People know Kickstarter. They know it for creative projects. But they don't know that you can crowdfund a baby shower. Baby showers are expensive. And usually somebody puts something really expensive on the list, like a $2,000 stroller, and there's one person that has to buy it. And they're like, oh, great. <laughs> so you can set up a baby shower um, basically through our site through Fundream, where you can set up a baby registry. And the beauty of it is that 10 people can kick in for the stroller. It doesn't have to put the weight on one person to buy it. You can do the same thing for a trip. Say you want to go um, on a trip and there are like eight people going on a trip to Cancun instead of running around and getting everybody to pitch in, you know, 800 bucks to go to Cancun. You open up an account, everybody dumps their money in there. It's great for like sororities. It's great for fraternities. It's a really great way to pool your money together. And um, so it's good for little tiny projects like that as well as creative projects. Oh, nice. Because um, creative projects, you know, that's what everybody's familiar with. Everybody knows the Pebble Watch. 
Well, and let's, I want to go back. So it's 1% as far as the service fee for being on the site and listing your campaign when you're done with it. And then as far as uh, the credit card fees, is that an additional percentage on top of that? Yeah, it's 3%. And that's what Indiegogo charges. That's what Kickstarter charges. That's what Fundly charges. It's pretty much, it's going to be a standard fee no matter like where you go. (laughs) And do you guys help people as far as, is there a page on the website that says, these are your expenses, make sure that you consider this when you're setting up your rewards and setting up your goal amount? Yeah, we have a how-to page. So there's a lot of information on that. And um, the beauty of us being small is also that we're available through Skype. So we're currently working with a few campaigns and we're actually coaching them. And uh, we're taking them through the process, which, you know, the other crowdfunding sites don't do. So literally, my team and I are accessible and we're just a Skype phone call away. Very nice. And then just to go over your team, uh, it's yourself and another female founded it, right? Mm-hmm. Ellie, Ellie Shapiro. She's great. And Raj Raj Kotia. And we just brought on Cosantra Siostrom, who's an amazing entrepreneur. And she runs a wonderful site called Night. Oh, and um, she's also can helping you... us with social media. So it's four of us. Can you yes, repeat? it's called Vegan Unite. Oh. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Vegan Unite, V-E-G-A-N, Unite. And it's a cruelty-free product site. And it's for vegans. So it's like an Etsy for vegans. It's great. Very and we're cool. just, you know, getting it going. We're, up, we're relaunching it. We're excited. And then why did you actually start the site with, with your co-founders? What was, the, what was the prompt behind all of it? Like you said, you were in advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love storytelling. I always had a passion for uh, women issues. In 1999, I had a woman's art magazine that promoted women artists. And being a creative in the advertising end, um, I was always kind of like the unicorn because women are usually on the account side. So I've always been a champion for women doing cre- um, creative projects. And I'm really passionate about STEM because I'm really interested in getting more girls into the arts and empowering them. Because if you teach young girls at a young age to empower them, they'll have that knowledge throughout their whole entire life. And um, and say with Raj, Raj, we're, we're all immigrants. So I grew up in Russia and Moscow, and so did Ellie. And we moved here, and um, we believe in helping people achieve their dreams. Same with Raj, he grew up in India. So we know all about having dreams, and we know how it takes the village sometimes to achieve that dream. And we just want to help everybody achieve their dream. Love that. So now, I mean, you've mentioned a few times storytelling. And one of the biggest things, like I said, people email YFE a lot about um, about their crowdfunding campaigns. And I pick up guests uh, by features that are in TechCrunch and GeekWire and that type of a thing where they cover uh, campaigns that are happening right now. And I can find some really cool products in that way them, by them getting themselves out in the media talking about their products. So what's some of the best ways that people can get their stories out to the public or to the masses, whether it's through something like... Uh, TechCrunch or it's through mainstream media? Mm-hmm. Well, as I mentioned, you really need to treat your crowdfunding campaign as a PR campaign. You should be really preparing all of your information two to six months in advance. Um, I recommend creating um, social media accounts, of course, um, and creating a social media content schedule via Hootsuite for the 30-day duration. Uh, I like to put together a whole list of bloggers and influencers and reach out to them about a month or two before launch. And you try to get them to run your story. You make connections. You tell them what they're doing. Because bloggers are looking for stories to write. And it's just a matter of time making the right connection. So uh, reach out to people on social media. Email people in person. Meet with people in, pe- uh, in person. And uh, that's really the best way. Make human connections. Make friends. Reach them reach however you can. Don't try to bug them too much because people are busy. 
But uh, create a Google Drive, create a spreadsheet, store everything in there, and um, just follow up. So make sure that they publish your story on the day of your launch and that they also include you in their social network. So post on Facebook, post on Twitter, and um, reciprocate. It's all about love. You share the love. And, you know, there's a lot of love to go around, and everybody's helping everybody else. So make friends. That's I like much that you say you said something about it's it's a people thing. It's going back to a personal connection and not to forget that rather than just sending out these mm-hmm. blank emails being desperate basically. I feel yep. there's certain emails that I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's oozing desperation." Uh, and I always yep. feel bad for them because especially with a crowdfunding campaign when you reach those last 5 days and you're nowhere near your <laughs> goal, you're just you do you start to act that way. And I heard a girl speak actually at an event that said she had 2 days left Left and she was literally at the grocery store she would turn around to the people behind her and say do you like yoga do you do yoga do you wear yoga pants and she would hand them a card with the with the crowdfunding page and say go here and and support yep. my campaign she talked about it but it was a non-stop type of a thing so I love that you bring it back to its people it's people you know I also think that you should have um, a kickoff party you should have a middle of the road achievement party and uh, an end party, no matter how it turned out. Uh, with us, you keep whatever you raise. So that's also another great feature of our platform, and you can cash out anytime. So say you reach your campaign goal in five days instead of 30. That's great. Cash out. Perfect. We're done. And uh, But again, um, have parties. Get people excited. Make them feel like they're a part of a bigger thing. People love movements. People love community. And you know, there's always a great excuse for a party waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse for a party for a young female entrepreneur sounds good to me. Now, mm-hmm. as far as technicalities go, because you said like uh, after five days you can cash out, which is really nice, so you don't have to actually move forward with the expense. Mm-hmm. What is what about other technicalities when it comes to crowdfunding campaigns, like taxes, for example? How do you make sure that if you're selling a retail product in advance that you make sure you include the the product tax um retail tax that type of a thing so the tax stuff is it's a little complicated because we let everybody handle their own taxes because there are different state taxes and we can't really control it so um but what i can say is i believe anything under thirteen thousand dollars is a gift and anything after thirty thirteen thousand dollars has to be declared but everybody has to do their own irs forms and everybody has to like do everything that they can and um, and um, that's pretty much it. And then uh, what else? Um, fulfillment, it should always be taken into consideration too. It's always best to offer downloadable items to minimize shipping costs too. And um, that's, that's all I can say about that. Well, but and how do you keep track of people too that have purchased or have, um, have donated in advance? How do you make sure that at the very end that you're actually able to give them what it is that they, they donated for? Um, is that something really you guys to, help? It's not something we help. It's really up to the individuals because they have to make sure that they can pull off the project. You know, so, this sounds um, like a lot again, of you know, working you Google spreadsheets. Up, there's, it's a lot of work. It's a whole campaign. You have to organize everything very carefully. Well, so it's a lot of work. 
<laughs> crowdfunding sounds really attractive. And like you said, it is. It's attractive because it's it's bigger than just fundraising. It's PR yeah. campaigns. You're really getting the word out about your, your company. And especially with Fundreamer, I mean, it's only 1% of a fee when you're looking at something like 5% with Kickstarter. So it, it makes a lot of sense. But I love that you keep reminding people it's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning. You're it. business. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted. I got so excited. I have like people trying to enter the door. And I'm like, no, no, don't enter yet. Don't enter. <laughs> Uh, so I'm like flailing my arms uncontrollably. Um, again, um, if you're serious about crowdfunding, aside from doing small projects to, you know, fund some bills here, fund a baby shower, um, if you're launching products, you have to realize that you have to treat it as a business. And there's a lot of work that goes into launching a business. And uh, crowdfunding gives you a great way to successfully launch a business. And you just have to go through all the right steps. Well, and I'll make sure that I link below to this uh, to the other crowdfunding videos that we talked about because we talked with um, someone that, like I said, raised $2 million in 30 days, and he said that they had a staff of seven people that they yep. hired specifically for that one campaign that was lasting 30 days. So, yep. I mean, there's a lot to take into. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask you, is that a good idea to then uh, to think about your expenses as far as how much is this going to cost us to actually run the crowdfunding campaign? Can you roll that into what it is that you're going to actually be raising? Yes. What I actually recommend, um, there's a really great company out there called Zirtual, like virtual but with a Z, and uh, you can hire assistance from them. It's like 200 bucks for 10 hours, I think, and they can do a lot of spreadsheet work. They can do a lot of research. So if you don't have people to help you out. They're a really great resource. You work over Google Drive, um, over emails. They're very dependable. I've used them myself a few times. But um, if you're going to be launching a product, you want to launch it with a team because you need a big network. You can't do it by yourself. So if you are going to be launching a product like the Pebble Watch or another wearable or something else, uh, you want to have a good team in place. Just like in business, everybody's going to have a different role. And you want to beef up your social media team as much as possible because they're going to be not sleeping, not eating, Get your protein shakes. It's going to be fun, and it's going to be busy. And uh, <laughs> if you're going to try to raise like $100,000 or a million dollars, you need a team. <laughs> so um, I, can't, I can't stress the importance of having a good team around you. That's a great point. And I love the idea that you can roll that into the amount that you're raising. So it's, it's included in the whole it's not, you know, something that you have to include in your regular business budget. It can be added into that campaign. So let's, just to wrap everything up, why would we choose Fundreamer.org over some of the big guys? I know we've talked about it a number of times, but I want to make sure that we reiterate some of the awesome things that you guys are doing. Like you said, too, to just top everything off, you have two female co-founders, and and your big mission is to help females and, and minority groups. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, with us, you get to save a little bit more money, which is always huge. So it's the 1%. It's also part of um, social enterprise. So there are a lot of people who are interested to in making the world a different place. They want to act with their money. They want to support change in the world. They want to create more women entrepreneurs, more diversity group entrepreneurs, because it's 2014 and there's room for that. And basically, change can only happen if you put your money towards it. It's very sad. <laughs> But money changes social dynamics. It changes, um, it changes the field. 
and we're trying to level it for everyone so everybody has equal access to it and then we also do social media amplification and then we're available if you want to skype me i am here i will literally pick up the phone <laughs> and i'll be available on skype and we also throw live events in la too we just had a fundraiser for the empower her network which is great we sent 20 girls to stem camp and we did a fundraiser at the beverly hills hotel we raised about fifty thousand dollars in three hours and uh, we built a custom. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, we were so excited. Like, I love STEM. So for me to watch little girls learn about code and science, it just brings little tears to my eyes. <laughs> so um, because I grew up doing art and I had wonderful people in my life that gave me a chance because I grew up in Russia. I grew up in Moscow. I had no running water. So I came here to Connecticut, like Connecticut. <laughs> and I had all these people like gave me great opportunities and I'm in a place now where I can help others and I know how important it is to be able to help others and I want to share that gift. So um, with Fun Dreamer, we want to make dreams come true and we want to empower people and dream their dreams and show them that they can achieve pretty much anything if you have a big team about um, helping you along and um, dreams change the world. Thoughts are things. So it's a much bigger, uh, a much bigger why than just uh, we want to get one project off the ground. You really want to change a whole uh, social dynamic, which is fantastic. So Yulia, thank you so much for joining us today, and definitely tell Ellie thank you so much too, because I know um, that you both have been in communication with me uh, for FunDreamer.org. Where can everyone find out more about you? Uh, you can visit us on Twitter at FunDreamer. You can visit us on Instagram at FunDreamer. You can visit our uh, Facebook page. You can like it. It's Facebook.com slash FunDreamer. And you and, guys share a lot of great tips on your Facebook page, too. So I definitely recommend their Facebook page. Yeah, and our and our social media feed is amping up because Cassandra is here, so she's helping us with it. And um, also visit FunDreamer.org, and you can learn more about our tech incubator. You can apply for an incubation period as well and um, we also have a group of investors that we're working with that want to see tech stuff so we are looking for women who are doing tech and awesome businesses so we need people come on over say do hi they to need to be in the los angeles area no anywhere we're starting small we're starting local because you have to start local and um, i spent the last 11 years actually living in new york and i just moved to la so oh, uh, how's that <laughs> it's great i love it oh my gosh i love trading rats for hummingbirds it's amazing <laughs> so i'm all about la um i really miss new york a lot i'm gonna be there actually in a few weeks still but um la has a really great vibe it has a very creative vibe i grew up in williamsburg um i didn't grow up in williamsburg but i've been living in williamsburg for the last 13 years and it changed and it's been fun and i just needed something new like a new territory a new creative place, which is, you know, downtown LA. It's all of California. It's very innovative. There are a lot of creative people here and it's got a really good artistic energy. So this is my new home right now. I right now am so in love with all startups from the Los Angeles area for whatever yeah. reason. I know you guys, I promise I have just a couple more LA businesses that are coming on YFE chat over the summer, but I promise I'll, I'll reach out to the East coast after that. Yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff happening here, and I'm just so happy to be a part of this network. As you can see in my eyes, I'm just like looking for emails because I was going to do one more plug because we have another really great film project coming on in the next few days, and I was just looking for the email to pull it. But um, check out our Facebook page, and we're going to announce it. It's a really great woman writer, and she's doing projects about um, women and it's gonna be great. And I'm really, really excited. <laughs> I can't even keep up with all the stuff that's coming in. So it's really, really an exciting time. Well, congrats on everything, Yulia. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us on. Me. Uh
<laughs> All right, everyone. So you've been watching YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't think I said that at the beginning of the show. Maybe I did, and I'm just losing my mind. Uh, so this has been Jennifer Dono. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure to check out FunDreamer.org. Their entire team is so fantastic and very engaged within our community. So hopefully you'll you'll look at that, and we'll see you back here next Thursday. Oh my gosh, my guest next week. Oh. You know what? It's actually a, an East Coaster. I'm super excited. She's actually from London, but she's in New York City. And I found her through Wall Street Journal uh, Live. She's going to be talking to us about her morning Gloryville. She started a rave event uh, that happens in London and New York City that happens in the morning. And it's around juices oh. and rave music and they dance. And it's awesome. I'm so excited to talk to her. Send me an invite. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Right? All right. So... Everyone, thank you so much for watching live. Hope to see you back here next Thursday.